The following program is brought to you by Total Theater Online. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff or management of WGBB. You're listening to the station that serves your community, 1240 WGBB. And now it's time for Dave's Gone By with David Lefkowitz. Well, there goes the neighborhood. Welcome, one and all, short and tall, great and small, eunuch and Uniball. Today's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk radio, and music hosted by me, Dave Lefkowitz, every Thursday night at 7 on this fine radio station, WGBB AM 1240, and live streaming on the web at am1240wgbb.com. You can also click there through my website, davesgoneby.com, or you can simply stand outside the actual radio station in Babylon, Long Island, and listen for my voice echoing across the field, past Route 109 and down Sunrise Highway. And I am in a highway this evening because I have a delightful guest. Or, I should say, the program has a delightful guest. I won't be doing the interview. A little later on, we're going to welcome Hilary Cantor to the show. Hilary is a singer-songwriter of country music, which would ordinarily be enough to get her banned from this program for life, but she's done something else. After spending all those years in Nashville, and I mean this woman has had songs recorded by Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, Martina McBride, Lacey J. Dalton, Alabama, and not just the group, the entire state of Alabama, including the old and infirm and severely retarded, went into a recording studio and covered one of her songs. They covered it with a tarp, but then they took the tarp off and sang it. No, seriously, she's won quite a few awards and had a pretty darn good career out in Nashville. If you do a Google search on Hillary Cantor, two L's, and Cantor is spelled K-A-N-T-E-R, you'll find she had two decades of serious writing credits. In fact, back in 1984, she was nominated for Best New Female Vocalist at the 20th Academy of Country Music Awards. I'm not sure where those fit in with the Country Music Awards, the Musical Country Awards, the Country and Music Awards, and the Half Country Half Music Awards. Kind of hard to keep track of all those things. But again, seriously, Cantor knows her way around the music business and the songwriting business, and we'll be playing a tune of hers a little later to go along with her new book. Now, let me preface this by saying I've never met Hillary Cantor, and not being a country music fan, I haven't seen her on television. I've seen a couple of pictures of her, and she's very pretty. I mean, not just in 1984, when she was a sweet young thing with a new record contract. I mean, even now. She's a quite attractive woman, smart, obviously talented, her own career, determination, and drive, and ambition, but still, one assumes, feminine in all the important ways, and yet, she has had the damnedest time finding a soulmate, or even a playmate, and that is why she wrote the book, Dating Sucks, A Single Woman's Confessions, Obsessions, and Lessons. Now, here's this lady, still on the hot side of middle age, unquestionably still categorizable in the phylum of MILF, and she has had no luck, I mean, zero, zip, zilch, going out there meeting and dating men which has left her a lot of free time on her hands, a lot of Friday nights with not a lot to do except writing about why you're home with nothing to do on a Friday night, and that's what Hillary did. She tells with frankness, candor, and 
the names all changed, about her worst dating experiences, and she's had some doozies. The promo for the book lists a few of her dinner companions as, quote, Mr. Sociopath, Dr. Needy, Mr. Stinky, Mr. Gorgeous but Bad in the Sack, and Arnold, the Aussie Stalker. According to Hillary, if you are a woman in your middle years, and you're dating guys in their 30s to their 50s, the pool is really, really shallow. You're meeting guys who are either married or not married for a very good reason. So it's a tell-all book, also an advice book for women who are going back out there, maybe after a divorce or a death or a justifiable homicide. And it's basically an advice guide, tongue-in-cheek but real, of why, as the title says, dating sucks. Now, I've been married for six and a half years, and I haven't had a date date in over eight. Well, <laughs> that my wife knows about. Anyway, I don't feel I'm the most qualified to talk with Hillary Cantor about her experiences back in the trenches of Cocktails for Two. Most of my friends are married, and most of my acquaintances are gay, and the gay ones aren't allowed to get married, so I'm really completely out of the loop. However, someone who is more able to relate to the dating scene, someone who knows what a woman wants, and how not to give it to her, but to make her feel like she's going to get it soon, is a man who's been on this program many times. In fact, last week, they started hosting a brand new segment that will recur once or twice a month on the show. He is the spiritual head of Congregation Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York, Rabbi Saul Solomon is here, and he'll be interviewing Hillary Cantor later in the show. And I know he has 19 and a half, or maybe it's 20 and a half children at this point. I realize he's been married to Miriam Libby for a whole bunch of years. It's not as if he's scoping the bar at TGI Fridays on Secretary's Night, the way I do. Now, the Rebbe is totally committed to his relationship, but as a minister, as a counselor to parishioners, he has to be a man among his people. His congregants are of all ages and walks of life. And he's constantly giving advice to the lovelorn. Why they can't meet a nice guy. Why all the good ones are taken. And why do the fancy restaurants expect you to spring for a $30 bottle of wine, but you have to order Diet Coke by the glass? These are the questions Revsal gets asked time and time again. So armed with that experience, and his own common sense, Talmudic wisdom, and of course, seething rage, he is the perfect man to do this interview about the perils of midlife dating. So, stick around for Rabbi Saul Solomon interviewing Hillary Cantor tonight on Dave's Gone By. Also, the return of the news gone by. Been a couple of weeks since we've been able to fit that in here, but yes, it's back. A couple of news stories of the week from a plucky and sucky perspective. And also the weekly segment, Inside Broadway, letting you know what big shows are opening on and off the Great White Way. Now this week, Whoopi Goldberg returns. She may have angered some priggish Republicans when she likened George Bush's last name to a woman's hoo-ha, as if they'd never heard of that one before, but New York still loves her. And I'll never forget her being so brilliant and hilarious well, she took over for Nathan Lane in a funny thing happened on the way to the forum a few years ago. I mean, Lane was funny, and the musical itself is still a classic joke machine. But Whoopi brought something special to it that just pushed it to another level. It really was 
magic. And she's back on Broadway performing the solo that showed everyone she was a magician in the first place. So we'll be talking about that on Inside Broadway. Also, the return of Dame Edna, a very different kind of woman, equally funny and fascinating, and I think she dated Ted Danson, too. So lots of women on this edition of Dave's Gone By, brought to you by TotalTheater.com, Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, and the fine folks at Hewlett Minuteman Press for all your copying and printing needs. And just a reminder to stay tuned to WGBB throughout the evening, because... After me, you get to hear light jazz on the instrumental invasion, 8 to 9 p.m., and then I'm back for another hour on a different show. It's called Filler Up, and tonight's edition is filled up with music from people like Hoagie Carmichael, Shel Silverstein, and Björk. Sure, be interesting to get those three in a room together. Actually, be pretty boring since two of them are dead, but if they weren't, well, I think the songs they write would be quite interesting rather unusual, and probably rated DGB-13. That is what this program is rated. It's the Dave's Gone By equivalent of PG-13, which means, kids, we caution you that your parents may be overly worried about what we do or say on this program and how it may affect you. Personally, I think you can handle it, but the FCC apparently can't, so for their sake... We pop a rating on the label and let you decide. But I hope you all decide to stay with us till 8 o'clock for an hour of smart talk, silly talk, special talk, and music. We've got the news gone by. Hillary Cantor and Inside Broadway up next on this edition of Dave's Gone By. Don't go away. Or if you do go away, come back very quickly because you know, you'll miss stuff. Actually, you know what? Don't go away. Stick around. It's better. We'll be back. Hey, can I get this thing copied? Yeah, dude, 15 cents a page, plus ink, labor, parts. Parts? Yeah, I need that of heavy stock, bound, and laminated. Whoa, we don't do that. All right, just copies then. No problem, I'll take a week or two. What? Give me my copies back. Just a minute, man. That's it, Minuteman. I should have gone to Hewlett Minuteman Press. They do everything, copying, shipping, gifts, 1315 Broadway and Hewlett. Ain't that next to Fortunoff? Out of my way, hippie. I'm off to Hewlett Minuteman Press. Copy on, dude. Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. Who? Whoopi Goldberg? What kind of a name is that? How does this unknown suddenly come off getting a one-woman show? Twenty years ago, that's what you heard up and down Broadway when this young black actress was picked by no less than Mike Nichols to get her own solo at the Lyceum Theater. Actually, Whoopi Goldberg wasn't quite as obscure on the West Coast, but her early years certainly gave little clue of what was to come. She did go to New York's high school for the performing arts, the famous Fame School, but she dropped out, got married, had a kid, and a heroin habit, she grabbed bit parts in Broadway musicals, but got no breaks. So she hopped on a plane, changed her life, and ended up being one of the founding members of San Diego Rep. She also began doing stand-up and improv comedy, and crafted a bunch of her characters into a full-length evening called The Spook Show. Mike Nichols loved the show, but no doubt figured the title would be off-putting to middle-brow theatergoers, so he simply named the evening Whoopi Goldberg, which I guess sounded zany enough. That is not 
her birth name, by the way. She was born Karen Johnson in 1955, and the name change came pretty early. She was nicknamed Whoopi, and I am not making this up, because of a flatulence problem that made her sound like a Whoopi cushion. She was actually tempted to call herself Whoopi Cushion, but then she went for Goldberg instead because the name was in her multi-ethnic family. Anyway, what seemed like an overnight sensation was born of years of struggle, but Goldberg's success on Broadway was instantaneous. Within months, she was filming The Color Purple, which would net her an Oscar, and she'd get another one five years later for Ghost. She has been back to Broadway a couple of times, most memorably taking over for Nathan Lane in A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, where, as I mentioned before, she brought a warmth and joy to the role that I've seen in very few performances before or since. But she's not perfect. Two years ago, Whoopi appeared as the title character in a revival of August Wilson's acclaimed drama, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. She had neither the singing voice nor the physical presence to carry off the part, and the show bombed quickly. But I doubt that will happen with her current show, a revival of the solo that started it all. It opened last night, and it's not called Whoopi Goldberg this time, just Whoopi. But if you remember the show from seeing it on HBO or maybe its original Broadway production, you're probably going to want to revisit The Little Girl with the Long Golden Locks, Fontaine, the junkie turned straight, the Jamaican nurse caring for the horny old raisin, or that stunning piece about the crippled young woman who dreams of dancing. Whoopi is back where she started, the Lyceum Theater, now through January 30th, but she's not the only lady returning to Broadway this week. Another very funny, very unique, and unique-looking female is treading the boards of the Music Box Theater through mid-March, both she and Whoopi Goldberg have one other thing in common. The color purple. Can you guess how? Think about it while I remind you that your best Broadway guide, besides these weekly Inside Broadway segments, is Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. Broadway, off-Broadway, cabaret, dance, opera, the whole range of live performance in New York in Performing Arts Insider. What shows are coming to Broadway in the months ahead? It's there. What current shows are good, bad, and in between? That's there. What shows are appropriate for all ages or different stages? That is there, too. Performing Arts Insider, 516-295-1511 for subscription information. 516-295-1511. Or email paipress at aol.com. Press at AOL.com. Single issues are just $10 for days gone by listeners, or get 10% off your subscription if you mention the show. 516-295-1511, or visit TotalTheater.com to find out why you need Performing Arts Insider. If you see just a couple of shows this year, Performing Arts Insider pays for itself in usefulness. 516-295-1511, or press at AOL. Tom. Okay, I mentioned that two actresses opening on Broadway this week have the color purple in common. For Whoopi Goldberg, it's the Steven Spielberg movie. For the other lady, purple is the hair color of choice. Of course, I'm talking about Dame Edna, the salty, silly, much-loved housewife superstar back on Broadway for the first time in five years. 
Edna, as we all know, is the creation of Australian performer Barry Humphreys, who's had a wide and varied career on stage and TV. But no other character has come close to the worldwide adoration, really, enjoyed by Dame Edna Everidge. Humphreys created Edna in 1955, and she's been politically incorrect ever since. For example, Edna told an audience, quote, My mother used to say, there are no strangers, only friends you haven't met yet. She is now in a maximum security twilight home in Australia. Writing a column for Vanity Fair magazine, Edna answered this question from a reader. Dear Dame Edna, I would very much like to learn a foreign language, preferably French or Italian, but every time I mention this, people tell me to learn Spanish instead. They say, everyone is going to be speaking Spanish in ten years. Edna wrote back, Forget Spanish. There's nothing in that language worth reading except Don Quixote, and a quick listen to the CD of Man of the Mancha will take care of that. As for everyone speaking it, what twaddle! Who speaks it? The help? Your leaf blower? Study French or German. Or, if you're American, try English. Dame Edna. You know, I really should put her in a room with Rabbi Saul Solomon and see who's more offensive. As for who's funnier, well, you'll hear the rabbi later, interviewing Hillary Cantor, if you want to see Dame Edna. You have to go to the Music Box Theater on Broadway, where her show opens Sunday night, November 21st. Be prepared at the end to catch some flying gladiolas, and, my dear possums, catch another edition of Inside Broadway, brought to you by TotalTheater.com and Performing Arts Insider, same time, same day, next week. We've just been Inside Broadway, with Total Theater and Performing Arts Insider. Sponsor me, Dave's Dog Buy. Run your ad, folks will buy. If you want to reach the public, sponsor me. Advertise on this program for incredibly reasonable rates with long-term discounts. See prices at davesgongbuy.com or call 516-295-1511. Sponsor me. If you're wise on Dave's Gong Buy, you'll advertise. If you want to be successful, sponsor Shalom, goddammit! This is Rabbi Saul Solomon on the Dave's Gone By Radio Show, and I'm so excited, I'm so happy I have a special, wonderful guest on the telephone with me tonight. It's the author of a book called Dating Socks, and we're going to find out if she does. Her name is Hilary Cantor. And she's with us on the show. Hillary, are you there? May I hey, speak hey, to you? Ra- hey, Rabbi, I'm here. Yes, it's good to hear you. How you doing, Gatine? It's good to hear you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, what made you write the book? Well, I needed something to do on all those Friday and Saturday nights that I had no dates. So, um... I had to do fill my time with something. Well, that's why they make cucumbers, goddammit. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to touch that one. I'm sure you've touched a few in your time, but you know. <laughs> but, but seriously, why were you ever married? You were not married. What the hell happened to you? Well, Rabbi, I was married, but it's so long ago. If memory serves, um, I was married for a couple of years when I was in my early 20s. But, you know, now that I'm in my 40s, I have to honestly tell you, dating sucks. It really does. And, and I talk all about that in my book. I, there isn't a woman over 35 that probably 
that doesn't hate dating. But why? Why? Does why? Dating, it should be good for you. You get to go out, you get to meet people, and you get a free meal. It's, all, it's a weak selection, Rabbi. Weak selection. The guys who are between 35 and 60, the good ones are, are married. Are you, are you married? Yes, I have been married okay. for 19 and a half years to my beloved Miriam Libby, and we have 20 and a half children, goddammit. Wow. So, see, this, this, this proves my point right here. The good guys are married, and what you're meeting are, like, very weird, weird, weird guys. I mean, you're, you're meeting the ones who've been divorced and married three and four times, or you're meeting um, somebody who's never been married, and if they've never tried it, there's usually a reason, and it's not usually very good. Well, maybe they're touched by God in some uh, in some way. Well, I, I hope so. <laughs> they ride the special bus. This is why they put them on that thing there. Uh-huh. So what's the worst date that you, Hillary Cantor, have ever had? Well, there are so many bad dates in my book, Dating Sucks, which, by the way, uh, people should go to datingsucks.net. That is my website, and it will link you directly with... Um, Book, uh, booksellers online, and it's so soon for it to be in the bookstores, that's why it's online. And uh, But what's the worst one? It'd be really hard for me to tell you, I mean, especially on the air, I mean, because some of these stories are pretty weird. Well, I'm, they're weirder. They're, I know I'm a rabbi, but, you know, the, the people I counsel, the things, I talk to murderers, I talk to, to child molesters, I, I counsel them, I, I give them advice, sometimes the occasional magazine, it's good, it's all good. Um, well, I'll tell you, one of the strangest dates I ever had was on a first date. I actually went out with a doctor, and there's quite a few doctors in this book, I'm sorry to report. All right. Not that I have anything against doctors, but all the ones that I've met have been very strange. Were they all Jewish? No, they were not. Were the strangest ones Jewish? Probably. Ah, <laughs> but this guy, I met him on a first date. We went out to dinner, and do you know, he actually said that he wanted to give me a colonoscopy. Yes. <laughs> yes, he actually did. I was telling him about some, uh, uh, we got on the subject of medical things, you know, which is something I like to talk about, and I had a little problem, and I started telling him about it, and he said, well, I'll tell you what, all those doctors are completely wrong about you. If I gave you a colonoscopy, I'm going to prove there's something really wrong. How romantic. And I said, do you think we have time for a little dessert first? Well, I don't think, he didn't mean anything a naughty sexual... Uh, no, he really wanted to take me right over and give me a colonoscopy, for God's sake. I think that's very nice. Why, why do you find this strange? I think it's a little, hey, that's not, not exactly first date talk material, you know? I don't care. The guy would have saved you like $500 in a health insurance cost there. You were going to go into the office, you were going to spread your cheeks for 10 minutes, you were going to have a good time. Hey. What? But guess what? What? He wasn't a gastroenterologist. He was a dentist? No, he wasn't a dentist. That would have been even stranger. That would have been sick, I admit. But he was not a specialist in the field of gastroenterology. Oi. He was um, a uh, trauma surgeon. All right. Maybe he thought I'd been through some trauma and he wanted to check it out. He he was obviously, the trauma was him. <laughs> he was moonlighting in Tuchus's. This was his, uh, his special mean, thing. Hey, you know, there's nothing like sitting at a table... When this discussion is going on, watching the faces of people sitting around you, hearing us talking about irritable bowel syndrome and gastroenterology and colonoscopies. I mean, it was bizarre. Well, you know, if that was your worst... That's one of them. Well, what's another one? Well, I would say that um, Arnold the Aussie stalker is pretty 
pretty wild. But you know what? People should go to datingsucks.net because they can read it. Oh, you stop with the commercials already. I'm going to do your, your, your dot-com thing. Don't worry about it. I mentioned that you have a nice CD. But that, there, yeah. About the CD? Yeah. Yeah, there is a song that I wrote to go with this book because, as you know, I was in the music business. And I've been a songwriter for people like Tim McGraw in Alabama and Martina McBride and um, um, Ricky Skaggs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I had to write a song to go with the book. So it's called Dating Sucks. And once again, it's on the website, which I won't say because I know you want to give it out. All right, say it one more time. Go ahead. Go ahead, you pushy woman. You. www.datingsucks.net. All right, now speaking. And they can hear it on there. Rabbi. Oh, they can hear it? They can Do they have to pay for it? Is it free? Well, if they want a copy of it, it's actually not even on the market yet. Oh. But if somebody wants a copy, they can write me. My email address is on datingsucks.net, and I will sell them a copy of it for like $6. Oh, of course it'll sell. Of course it will. There we go. Now, now, let me ask you another thing. Let's talk about sex, okay. which you are not getting. Which I'm not getting? Or, or at least they oh, all, all I could tell you is that's an understatement. <laughs> so even from the time this has come out, you're still not getting any of the nookie wookie there. I'm not getting anything. Well, hey, I'm sitting at I'm sitting at home writing Friday and Saturday nights, vacuuming my house and uh, playing with the cats. <laughs> and as opposed to playing with, I'm not even going to make. I could make the pussy there. joke, but I'm not going to don't because I am a, a man of the cloth. No, I have not dated very much. I think I've had one date in uh, six months, and you know people find that pretty pre- preposterous, but. I can tell you there are lots of women out there who are just like me. They're 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 sitting at home. Um, they're, well, they're, are you a troll? I mean, are no. you ugly? What do you look like there? Well, you tell me. You got the cover of the book there. Well, it cuts off half your head, so the, well, the face that I see looks kind of nice, but there's no chin and there's no scalp. Well, so, you know, it, they had bumps up there. They had to make my name big on there, and they had to put the title of the book "Dating Sucks" real big, so. Um, no, I have. I, I, people are, are are flabbergasted. They look at me like I'm I'm from another planet when I tell them I have not had a date but once in seven months. But I'm because they say someone like you can't doesn't have dates. And what I say to that is, hey, I'm just one of many, 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 many women who are attractive and we're we're successful and we um, have good personalities and. There's, you know, we have two eyes and a nose and a mouth and not, you know, anything weird coming out of our head or, you know, and we still are are sitting at home alone. Well, let me ask you this then. With all the ways to meet people, especially in this day and age, Mm -hmm. you got the the internet and you've got the the chat lines and you can go to to markets and and local uh, colleges for Uh adult education courses. Yep. What? Why? I mean, they all suck. I've tried them all. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that once you are over the age of 35 or 40, and I would say most women, and not all, but most, they are having trouble dating. And even with all these outlets, the, you meet weirdos. You meet really, really weird people. I can't begin to tell you. Um, the, the low well, you're level, talking to me. I understand this perfectly. Yeah. The low level of quality out there like you know because they're married or they or the guys are great but they're not into women oh well that's that would be a problem you know and i have some we had those in the seminary let me tell you <laughs> and they put the salmon back in cemetery in uh, seminary oh. i blew that show god damn it uh, oh rabbi you're you're getting out there uh, no i'm not out there yet but you're not yeah, out yeah. there yet oh, but, uh, <laughs> 
I got, oh boy, have I got trouble. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, no, I was going to say Friday night, but uh, I know what I'm doing Friday night. Pray! I'm vacuuming Friday night. That's my vacuuming night. On Shabbos? No wonder you can't meet men. God is angry. Take oh, Friday night off, no. vacuum on Saturday night. God damn it. <laughs> boy, you have weird language for a rabbi. Yeah, I do, god damn it. But let me ask you something. Here. Yes, sir. Let me, let me, let me, maybe, and I'm sure you've heard this from, from people, maybe your standards are too high. You could probably, if you're a hot little chicky, could go into the local bar, you know, spread your thighs just a little bit, and the men would just come yeah, pouring into you, like, oh, like watering you. a sieve. Yeah, the types of men, we, we're not, we're talking about, yeah, any woman can get any man if she just wants to go out and get somebody. But if you want to get somebody to have a relationship with who's who's got something going on, you know, something that they're not just some some loser, um, th- that's different. But when you haven't had any in so long, what's wrong with a little stubby the whoopee, you know? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. It just kind of depends if that's, if that's where, if that's where you want to go or not, you know? I'm past that. Hey, when you get in, when you get past 40, it's, it's a lot of effort dating. I mean, you know, it wears you out. It's tiring. Because most of the time it sucks. Well, let me, let me ask one thing that I was kind of But there is a solution, though. What is the solution? The solution is this. It's go to your website. It's it's datingsucks.com. Datingsucks.net. Not .com. Not sorry, not net. That's why you can't meet guys. It's a net instead of a com. No, the answer... Spend the money. Buy the com, goddammit. The answer is to be happy anyway. Make your life the cake, and the guy, if he comes along, will be the icing on it. There's a megaphor in there somewhere, but all right. I understand this. Most people, like most people, including me in my past life, I made the guy the cake, and anything else in my life became the icing. That doesn't work. If you get real happy with your life and you find the good in your life and you have a life and you make a life for yourself, hey, if you don't have a guy, I'm very happy. I would be happier if I had a relationship, but, you know... um, I'm well, doing pretty well. All the dating experts say, they, they, they tend to say that once you stop looking, once you concentrate on being happy for yourself, boom, that's when the guy comes hey, along. You know what I say about the when you stop looking thing? I'll tell you what happens when you stop looking. What? Even less than when you're looking. <laughs> <laughs> that's been my experience. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> and I haven't been looking for a long time, and I certainly haven't been dating either. <laughs> now, the one thing you have been doing, you, you, you mentioned your song before. Yes. You had a whole career, or maybe still have a, a whole yes. career in country music. What is, what, how, what's a, girl, a nice Jewish girl like you doing in a redneck business like that? Well, you know what? You got me on that one. I really don't know how I wound up here, and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, But I, I've been here for over 20 years, and I have written a lot of songs for country artists, and I was a recording artist myself on RCA in uh, 1984, 85. Uh, you're yourself, which I guess makes sense since uh, <laughs> you're not dating anybody else. Well, no. you know, I, I want to just, just clarify something here. Dating in my 20s and 30s was completely different than it is now. Why? It's totally different because what you're looking for as a woman in your 40s is not what you're looking for in your 20s and 30s. It doesn't work the same way. You don't have, your needs are different. Well, you're what are your needs? How are your needs so different from when you are, let's say, 22? Because when you're 20 or 30, if the guy's just really hot looking, okay? Like me? Like you, Rabbi. Uh, if he's just really hot looking, that's enough. But 
chemistry has to exist now on so many different levels because it doesn't work otherwise. It can't just be on one level. It has to be emotional and and psychological and um, on a, a physical level and um, sometimes spiritual as well. Oh, that, I like that word. But honestly, why does it have to be that serious for you all the time now? I mean, why can't it be just, oh, he's hot, I'm on a stoop, let's do it. It doesn't have to be more than that. Or for well, you, it does. I have, lots of, I have lots of women friends who date guys younger than they do, and I've tried to do that, you know, and that didn't really work for me either. And, of course, in, in Dating Sucks, the book, um, I talk about that. Um, but all I can say is this. Um, the younger guy thing works for some people. It doesn't for me. And if a guy is just good to look at, but he doesn't interest me mentally, if there's nothing going on upstairs, I am not attracted. I'm just not attracted. But he could become president, goddammit. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to have something else going on after a point. Well, do you have any dating... I mean, it would go back a long time now, but do you have any tips for getting through a bad date or yeah. a half-decent date? Well, you know, I, I've learned um, that, you know, I, I can't, certain, I, not to be a, a real jerk, you know, I mean, because used to be I'd get really mad because some person would describe themselves as, you know, tall and good-looking, and you meet them on, you know, like uh, like an Internet dating service, and, and they'd say, this is how I look, and they'd show you a picture, and then they look nothing like that, and then you wind up having to, to go to dinner and sit there, and then, then you think, well, maybe there's something redeeming in their personality. There's nothing. And, you know, in the it, what, me in my 20s or 30s would have been really rude. I might have even just said, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. But I learned, you know, you, you need to be compassionate because, you know, uh, make the best of it. Make the best of it. Order the best thing on the menu. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you say that. I was a little angry at this uh, in the book, that no matter what, the man pays for dinner. What's wrong here? Not even that uh, you should pay, but not even Dutch. Well, what the hell what? is wrong with Dutch? Why are you trying to make us broke? Well, you know what? Here's the deal. The deal, the deal? The deal is this. I think that if a man asks a woman out on a date, he should be a gentleman and pay for it. Now, if I ask him out, I think I, if I want to pay for it, that's fine. If have I you ever asked a man out on a date? Have you broken that uh, barrier there? I have. I did that sometimes when I was younger, but I don't do that anymore. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in women going after men. I think you got the man's the hunter. You know, I mean, this goes way back to the caveman days. Men are pursuers. They are better in the role of pursuing than being pursued. And we make it too easy on them. We women, we just, you know, we make all the plans and we call them up and ask them out. Then they don't have to risk anything. I say, let's let the guys be guys. Let them be men, you know? Except for the fact that you haven't had a date in five years. Well, I've had dates within five years. Right. There haven't been any good ones. Well, maybe you should start asking the guys that you're sort of interested in. And, uh, you know, say, oh, look, it's Dutch. You know, I'll pay half. It's all right. You know, I have a little bit of money from the country music coming in. <laughs> and don't, just don't look at the best thing on the menu and we'll be good. Well, I just, I just say this. You know, I was raised if the guy's taking me to dinner not to order the best thing on the menu anyway, especially when you're getting to know him. I was, that's not how I was raised. My mother always taught me to be reasonable, you know, till you really know somebody. But, you know, I, I just, I just can't get into this, this Dutch thing. I really can't, I can't get into it because I think it really goes against just a normal inclination for a guy to be doing something that's natural, but we're making it we're making it seem like 
that is not natural for them to pay, you know? Speaking of unnatural. Yes. You had a boyfriend, a long, long time boyfriend, who really, really screwed you up. Oh, yeah, Mr. Sociopath? Mr. Sociopath. Tell us a little bit about Mr. Mr. Psychosocio Goyim. Yes, exactly. And like I said, on my website, datingsucks.net... Oh, you got that in there. I thought you wouldn't manage to do that. But dating, yes. Oh, I should let you, Rabbi. But let me just say, let me just say this yeah. to you. Mr. Sociopath, um, I'm sure that almost every woman has had a Mr. Sociopath in her life. And this is a guy who lies about everything. Little things, big things. It's just natural to lie from the time they were born. Oh, I've been lying about my uh, three inches for ages. What can I tell you? <laughs> Well, you know, what I've Talking about my nose. What I've found men lie about most, what What? men lie about most is their height and how much money they make. Hmm. What women lie about most is their age. How old are you, by the way? I am 48. And this is true? This is definite? This is the, you know, I can check your voice for the You know what? My whole book is based on utter, 100% unembellished truth. And it's very frank, and I don't think there's any other book that's like that talking about dating. It's really the way it is. And so I don't lie about anything. You don't mention any names, but has anybody at this point... Uh, I'm afraid to the... mention any names. Well, no, but since people would not, might know or remember you, has anybody contacted you that you've written about and said, oh, my God, that's me? Well, you know, I'm happy to report no. And I had a book signing here recently in Nashville, a really great one. It was packed. And... I was happy to say, as I was getting ready to read a chapter from the book, I said, I'm very, very happy to report there is, there are none of the men, none of the men that are in this book are here. <laughs> it was a good moment for me because I had, a, I had a second and third choice mapped out in case the guy that I was talking about in the one showed up. But, you know, most of the men I've dated have been out of town. They have not been where I live. Well, let me ask you, when you went on the book signing, yeah. did maybe a man or two slip you a, a phone number, a, an no. email, a social security card? Well, you know, there were a couple of dopey guys just kind of standing there, like, you know, not saying anything, and, like, they come up to get the book signed, and they just, like, stand there. And I'm going, yes, um, I've signed it. Um, is there anything else I could help you with? <laughs> well, maybe they felt a little, and uh, you could, uh, you know. Uh, they just, like, stand there. But, no, I, nobody asked, nobody really asked me out. I mean... There was an interesting thing. There was a Jewish matchmaker there. Yes. A Shabkin? Yes. She was, her card said, Jewish matchmaker. And do you know, she was the scariest looking person I've ever seen. All I could think about is if I call this woman, anybody who'd be her client has got to be as weird as weird can be. She looked like trick-or-treat, only it wasn't Halloween. <laughs> Have you ever tried the, that kind of thing, the matchmaking services? Well, you know, I've talked to a few people about that. Mm-hmm. And there's just, that may be in the future for me, you know? That's one thing I haven't tried. I have not tried that sort of thing, and, but it comes down to the same thing, Rabbi. Mm-hmm. There's a weak selection, and they're going to have a weak selection, too. Well, maybe they, do you think maybe it changes, like in your 50s or 60s, like uh, the men get divorced, or the wives die off? If, you know. That's different, you know? I mean, I say, you know, the, the best chance a woman has got, I mean, this is horrible, but if he's a great guy and, you know, God forbid his wife dies, then you can, you know, maybe bake some cookies or, you know, make a cake and take it over to them and, and you know. <laughs> Get them when they're 70 because they're desperate and they need nursing care and well, they'll be so grateful. too because, we, you know, you don't want to be with someone who wants a nurse with a purse. 
And I mean, oh. the older guys, and I've dated older guys my whole life. And now, like, you know, I'm 48, but a 50-year-old guy sometimes is too old for me now. Give up. Looks like an old guy. Hey. But, I, but people tell me I look 10, 15 years younger than my real age. Now, answer, and, answer this one honestly. Yeah. You ever dated a girl? No. Damn it. Uh, oh, well. No, but I'll tell you what. what? There, have been, there have been many a times that I pondered and wondered to myself, wouldn't it be? Would it be easier <laughs> to date a woman? Unfortunately, be more fun to watch. I'm hopelessly heterosexual. Uh, hopelessly. And uh, but but I have to honestly tell you, you know, I mean, uh, I haven't. It's not that I haven't. At least a few times, kind of wished I was because I thought it might be easier. Well, and then again, you know, I have the people that will go either way, and I just say they're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now tell us. What is your website? My website for dating... Do you have a website? I do have a website. Oh, that's good, goddammit. And what's great about this website is that the song Dating Sucks is on there and people can hear it. And a sample chapter is in there. And people can email me. And I really want people to email me and tell me what they think of the book, Dating Sucks, which, by the way, on my website, datingsucks.net, there are four links two booksellers online where you can get this book, including Amazon.com. And um, the, the subtitle of this book, which I haven't mentioned yet, it, the title is Dating Sucks, but the subtitle is A Single Woman's Confessions, Obsessions, and Lessons. And it is 100% unembellished. I did not... I did not make a darn thing up on it, and I couldn't have made this stuff up if my life depended on it. It's so weird. <laughs> Hillary Cantor, thank you for telling the truth and being honest with us. Rabbi, it, yes, yes, Rabbi Saul, I'm so glad you had me. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, you are so welcome. And, and please keep us posted. Let us know if you meet Mr. Right or, or even Mr. Left. Let us know. Because and, 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 we, we, we can say you're part of the family now. The, the whole grouping, the kibbutz of this show. So <laughs> let us know how you're doing, okay? I sure appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you so much. You too, Rabbi. And, as I said, keep listening tonight, because I'll be back at 9 with an hour of music by Burek and Shel Silverstein and Hoagie Carmichael, all having birthdays this week. Oh, honey, you turn me on, I'm the radio. That's right, Joni, I turn you on all week long for a bunch of shows on WGBB, like Wednesday nights at 11 for psychic astrologer Joyce Keller, hosting radio's longest-running psychic advice show. She knew I'd say that. Thursday nights at 6, an hour before Dave's gone by, it's WGBB Tonight with Larry Davidson. And then, right after my show, Smooth Jazz, The Instrumental Invasion with Mike Shimeri at 8. Friday nights at 6, Bonnie D. Graham has advice about being single and singular on Long Island's dating. And things get wilder on the weekends with the Saturday Night Rock Block, starting at 7.30 with the Mr. Red Man Music Show, up-and-coming Long Island rock bands, and a weekly countdown, followed by Mikey and Jimmy. It's a madhouse. It's a zoo. It's Mikey and Jimmy, Saturday nights at 9. And then, on Sundays at 7, Joe Salzone offers conservative politics with a sense of humor and an open mind on your world. 
Dial in AM 1240 WGBB for Joyce Keller, Wednesday nights at 11, Larry Davidson, Thursdays at 6, yours truly at 7, Mike Shamari, Thursdays at 8, Bonnie D. Graham, Fridays at 6, The Rock Block, Saturdays from 7.30 to 10, and Joe Salzone, Sundays at 7. Just one look was all that it took To know I'd be better off home with a book Yeah, dinner was riveting with my blind date So boring that my head fell into my plate Dating sucks Dating sucks it's depressing, confessing I just might throw up It bites the big one It bites the big one Dating sucks It was once rain and men And God took them away Good ones he left are all married or gay Or completely dysfunctional, crazy or weird Too young or too old with hair in their ears Dating sucks Dating just sucks It's depressing, obsessing on my lack of luck It bites the big one Dating sucks I know men are from Mars And women from Venus We think with our hearts And they think with their penis If your IQ's too high You're a bitch, you're too tough All of a sudden He can't get it up Dating sucks If he's out of Viagra, you're plumb out of luck. It bites the big one. Sure bites the big one. Dating sucks. Well, I've shaved and I've showered and I've made up my face. Tried clothes on for hours, just look at this place. When he gets to the door, I still put on an act and stand there the optimist despite the fact. He said he was tall, but he's short and he's fat. He's got a stud in his tongue. What's up with that? Dating sucks. All day just sucks I'm hopelessly hoping But look at this schmuck He bites the big one He bites the big one Dating sucks Dating sucks He bites the big one Dating sucks Oh my gosh, can you believe this guy? Dating sucks 
was a stud instead of just wearing one. Dating My radio's on, the news is all bad, but it's good to relax. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By. It's time for the news gone by. A look at world and local events of the past week from an undated perspective. Weird moment on the season finale of the Bill Maher Show on HBO. At the end of the program, one of the guests was caught, seemingly unawares, in a private moment most of us don't want cameras catching. Andrew Sullivan, a gay but politically conservative web journalist, stood up and chatted with Bill Maher while the credits were rolling. And as he stood there, for at least a minute, he squeezed and massaged his own ass. It's all on video. Credits rolling on Andrew Sullivan, manipulating his booty flesh for all America to see. Asked why he did this, Sullivan said it was just a mix-up on his part. He had just finished espousing his right-wing neocon Republican views, and someone in the audience yelled out, What an a-hole! Sullivan assumed it was a compliment and just wanted to show off. Forget Little Boy Blue. Here's the story of Little Boy Blown. This has got to be one for the record books. 29-year-old Tammy Imry was arraigned this week on sexual assault charges. She has admitted to having a consensual liaison with her daughter's friend. Her daughter is seven, which means that Tammy Imray's boyfriend is eight, eight years old. Tammy says the boy had a crush on her and became the aggressor in their relationship. Which means what? If she didn't let him get to second base, he'd throw his toys around? Actually, Tammy did agree to kiss him, then do other stuff in their underwear, said Tammy, quote, It was like a fantasy, and I was the girlfriend, and he was the boyfriend, and someday we could be in a relationship, unquote. Well, it seems like they had a relationship already, since the daughter told authorities, quote, My mother does disgusting things with him, including, according to the New York Post, his taking a razor and shaving her private parts. And we thought Mary Kay lets her know was robbing the cradle. This girl's robbing the uterus. Her little boy, by the way, is apparently handling all the controversy just fine. His friends are still eager to come over for playdates when he's not there. And he did say it was a little confusing a few years earlier when he was still nursing. And his mom would moan and say, suck it, suck it. In sports news... You know, I thought Canadians were more peaceful and mellower than us Yankees down south. But I guess when it comes to football, hotter heads prevail. When Paul McCallum, kicker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, missed an overtime field goal on Sunday, his team lost the game and they were dropped from the semifinals. But that wasn't the only indignity heaped on McCallum. He's received death threats and people have hurled eggs at his house and dumped manure on his lawn. A local sportscaster explained um, that the actions of these so-called fans are tied to their intense loyalty to the team. I think a lot of them are pretty normal, said Rod Peterson. Nine to five people. But when it comes to the riders, their brains fall on the floor, unquote. You know, it is unfortunate, but it has become a common occurrence when a team is playing very badly for fans to assault them with garbage and filth. 
In related news, officials for Major League Baseball have approved the construction of a garbage and filth pit in Shea Stadium for when the Mets return in April. And finally, some sad news to report. The death of old dirty bastard. No, not Yasser Arafat. That was last week. This was the real old dirty bastard, founding member of Wu-Tang Clan and a solo rap artist in his own right. Whatever you thought of his drug habits or eccentricities, give the man props for having the guts to do the coolest name change in world history. And it wasn't just ODB. The rapper, born Russell Jones, also went under the names Dirt McGirt and Big Baby Jesus. And he was a big baby, arrested over the years on such charges as menacing security officers, shoplifting, threatening an ex-girlfriend, and illegally possessing body armor. He was also tracked by MTV cameras one time when he took a few of his nearly dozen children and marched them over to the welfare office so they could collect food stamps. Amazingly enough, Old Dirty Bastard apparently died from just a heart or blood pressure ailment. He collapsed in the studio on Saturday at age 35. Other rappers expressed shock at the sudden loss of this unique performer. The irony is that although ODB never covered Ice Cube, now Ice Cubes are covering him. And that's the news gone by for November 18, 2004. Please send your comments, opinions, and old dirty caskets to Dave's Gone By. Box 62, Hewlett, New York, 11557-0062. You can find the address on the website, davesgoneby.com. But just in case you want to scribble it down, it's Dave's Gone By. Box 62, Hewlett, New York, 11557-0062. We reserve the right to read your letter on the air, name withheld upon request. So, send anything you want, but please, no manure, unless you're feeling really cocky, back after this. And that was new, if that was new, that was very, very, very special news. And Dave Lefkowitz is here for the play-by-play, the play-by-play-by-play by Dave and his book of plays, Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World. Comedies, satirical, silly, sad, and strange, all collected in a great-looking book. Just $20 hardcover, $12 soft, 516-295-1511, or davesgoneby.com for Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World. Da-da-da-da-da-da! Play Dave! Welcome back to the final moments of Dave's Gone By on this November 18th. I want to thank Rabbi Saul Solomon for doing such a fine job on that interview with Hillary Cantor tonight. And remember, you can get her book, Dating Sucks, at datingsucks.net, and a zillion bookstores on the net. It's in paperback and hardcover, and it's very enjoyable. Recommended as a holiday gift, as are CDs of this program. Full-length, entire episodes of Days Gone By, including tonight's on audio cassette. And also state of the art CDs. $12 for cassettes, $14 for discs. Shipping is included. And add a dollar if you want them personally autographed. If you don't know which episode you want, go to davesgoneby.com to see a whole list of what we've done on the show from the first program back in October of 2002 until now. Do check it out and check out some other fun shows on this radio station all week long. Joyce Keller, Radio Psychic, Advice and Prognostications, 11 p.m. Wednesdays. 6 o'clock Fridays, it's Bonnie D. Graham hosting Long Island Dating. 
And tomorrow night, her guest is going to be Hilary Cantor. Yeah, she's really making the rounds around these parts. And let's face it, what's more appropriate place for Hilary Cantor than Long Island's dating? Fridays at 6. Over the weekend, it's the Saturday Night Rock Block with Mr. Redman, followed by Mikey and Jimmy from 7.30 to 10. Sunday nights, it's Your World with Joe Salzone, 7 o'clock. And thank you, Joe, for bringing me on as a guest this past Monday. Always appreciate it. And be back here next Thursday night, November 25th, starting at 6 o'clock for Larry Davidson, hosting WGBB Tonight. 7 o'clock, it's me. 8 o'clock, Mike Shimeri plays an instrumental invasion of jazz. And I return at 9 with a Thanksgiving filler-up. And I'm giving thanks, as always, to my sponsors, Total Theater and Hewlett Minuteman Press, and to my beloved and wonderful wife, Joyce, and to all of you for listening. As I said, keep listening tonight, because I'll be back at 9 with an hour of music by Burke and Shel Silverstein and Hoagie Carmichael, all having birthdays this week. And next week's Dave's Gone By, my guest will be Canadian singer Rob Zabo. What could be more American than welcoming a Canadian on Thanksgiving? He's quite talented, and we're going to end this edition of the program with a song from his 2003 CD, A Battery of Tests. The song is called You Don't Believe Me Anymore, but I hope you'll believe me when I say I love doing this show for you. And I'll be back next Thursday, November 25th, for the 103rd edition of Days Gone By. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz wishing you good night, good music, and gone by.
leave me 